Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Come on, stand to your feet if you're ready to receive God's word today. Grab your Bibles. Let's get into His word. Turn to someone and tell them, I'm ready. I'm ready. God is so good, isn't he? I'm excited to be in church. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to say it again. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I'm going to tell you why. I shouldn't be here. I really should be six feet under. A lot of things I did in my life, I don't think I deserve to be here, but God spared me. Mercy kept me. But I am here today. You're here today. Some of you shouldn't be here. Some of you, some of you, some of you, if it wasn't for Jesus, your addictions would have taken you over. Oh, boy, do I have to preach right now? Some of you should be in jail right now. But listen, you're in the house of God. It's a good day to be alive when you're in the house of God. David was glad to be in the house of God. David was a man of war, and when David went to battle, lives were lost. But when he said, when I go to God's house, uh, lives get saved. And being in God's house is a good thing. You're alive. You have another day to worship him. You got another day to get it all together. You're in the house of God. Somebody say, I'm glad to be in God's house. Come on, turn to somebody. Tell them, smile. You're in God's house. You're in God's house. Yeah, boy, I feel that I feel that gospel spirit getting a hold of me right now. Yeah. Say, greater is he in me. All right, grab your Bibles. If you don't have them, grab them again. If you do have them, look in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Turn with me to verses 19. Oh, we're going to start off with verse 12 and 14. Verse 12 and 14. Man, God is doing so many great things in the church and in your lives. Uh, I, I know he is because some of you tell me about the good things that God is doing, um, the blessings and your your finances and your your uh, your your jobs and your businesses and expect the best. Are you guys doing okay during this 21 days of fasting? How many of you are hanging on? Are you hanging on? Now you do know if you don't pray while you're fasting, it's just a diet, right? Just letting you know. Don't know if you know. And if you need to learn more about this fasting thing. Uh, fasting, fast is a four-letter word, but it's not a bad word. Uh, go to our app, check out our website. We have all kinds of instruction for you, and we can help you. We can help you. And uh, so good things. Somebody say good things. Okay, I better move on. Are you ready? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about God's word. Uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 12 and 14. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if it could if he can find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. It was not the season. Someone say it wasn't the season. It wasn't the season for figs. And he said to it, "May uh, may no one ever eat fruit from you again." Wow. That's what they call the cursing. And Jesus cursed it and he said, no one, 
from this day forward is ever going to get fruit from you again. And the disciples heard that. And so they went on their way and they went into the temple. And they, uh, this is where Jesus began to kick over tables. He was angry at what they were doing, not because he was hungry, not because they didn't get figs. But they were making God's house uh, a house of thieves and not a house of prayer. So they went through the whole ordeal and then they're, they're leaving that city and they're going back. And the second part to this, if you jump down to verse 19 of the same chapter. And when evening, and when the evening came, they went out of the city. And as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withering away to its roots, withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, Rabbi meaning teacher, look, the fig tree that you cursed was, has, has withered. And then Jesus answered them and he said, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. It will be done for him. Now, you think that Jesus would have had mercy on the fig tree because it wasn't its season, right? You think that, okay, he knew it, it's not its time, but he cursed it anyways. And so that's pretty kind of a kind of a harsh move there, we would think, but it was for a lesson and for a reason. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about walking in your season, understanding seasons, and knowing you can change things that are out of season or not in your season. So if you will, I want you to do something. Now it's your part. Will you pray for me right now? Will you pray for the service? Can we, before we sit down, can you stretch out your hands and ask God to anoint me? We don't want to hear from Pastor Bobby. You don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from the Spirit of God. You want the anointing to fill the house. Come on, you're in charge of that. You allow God's presence to move. Speak it. Speak it in the house. Lord Jesus, God, we receive every good thing from you today. God, we, we thank you for your goodness in our life. And we don't put on productions. We don't entertain here for people. We are here for your presence and for your word and God and wisdom and direction and counsel. Ah, <laughs> that peace that's permeating the atmosphere, let it multiply. Let it turn into joy. Let joy turn to laughter. God, and let those that come into the safe house know that God, you're still in control. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap. Turn around to somebody and say he's greater than me and you can be seated. You can be seated. God is so good. God is good, isn't he? So, so I'm looking at this and I start to think to myself, this, this uh, fig tree is out of season. And it almost seems that Jesus should be able to you know, have a little bit of mercy or maybe we'd think that he wondered why did he do this. And, and so, ultimately, we, we know that, you know, Peter looks at him and calls him rabbi, uh, really approaching him and, and approaching him as a teacher. And he says, essentially, he says, teacher, look, the fig tree that you cursed, it's, it's, it's withered. Even at the roots, it's dead, completely dead. P 
Peter remembered that. And then Jesus began to use it as an example, purposely meaning to me, he was saying purposely that, listen, and looking at the scene, the, 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 the scene and checking out the environment, apparently there was a mountain that was there, and he pointed at the mountain and used it as an example, possibly. And he said, listen, have faith in God. And whatever you say to this mountain, if you say, be cast into the sea or get out of the way or, you know, you're, you're distracting me or you're trying to hinder God's will in my life. He said, don't worry about the, that mountain or whatever the blockage is. Just say to it, get out of the way and it shall be done. It will be done. And he used a fig tree as an example. Um, so, so Jesus is doing this and he gives an example and he starts teaching the disciples. But, but still, kind of unfair in a moment, right? But when you look at the seasons that we live in, we're so accustomed to summer, winter, spring, fall. We all look at seasons in our life the same way. We have been programmed because of the elements of the world and our, you know, well, at least not in Texas, really, right? You never know what you're going to get in Texas. When it started to snow this last year, I thought to myself, this is strange, but this is pretty cool and it almost snowed again I thought wow this has never happened the world's coming to an end <laughs> weird things right in Texas so you know so anyhow but we're still accustomed to seasons we're used to ladies you have a wardrobe some things you don't wear but one season a year and you can't wait I know can't wait to get those boots on because it gets cold. First sign of cold, you're like, it's boot time. Boot time. So you wait to put things and articles of clothing on according to the seasons in our life. And what has happened, literally happened in our life, is that we've had that same mentality come in with our life in general. Some seasons we call winter seasons because nothing's producing, no opportunity, uh, seems lonely, seems cold, it seems, you know, unbearable at some moments in time. And we are used to saying, oh, it's a good season. Or if a bad season comes, we're saying, and we encourage ourselves and say, okay, this is just a season, it's going to end. This season will end. So we judge everything by seasons. And so Jesus walks up to him, and apparently when he looks at this, even though it was out of season, Jesus must have lived in a different season. Jesus must have been in a different season because when you think about it, we judge our lives by good things that happen, bad things that happen, waiting, pro a waiting season. But I wonder if God sees it the same way. I wondered that. And then I started looking a little bit closer. And, and as I looked in research, I noticed this. Point number one I wanted to convey to you is there's only one season in the kingdom. There is only one season in the kingdom of God. Read the Bible. I mean, in the kingdom of God, 
How many of you have ever heard of an angel wearing a coat showing up at your front door? You know, angels don't put their boots on at certain times in the kingdom. They don't say to themselves, oh, I can't wait for winter to come, put my boots on. No, no, there's only one season in the spirit realm and in the kingdom of God. It's not God saying to um, you in any time of your life, I can't bless you right now because it's not a good time. Or I, I can't bless you right now because I don't have enough. I'm waiting for harvest. Can you imagine if there was a season in the kingdom of God? I think that sometimes we go through seasons just for development, but I don't think we have to stay in them. I think that we experience things even in good seasons just to make us uh, help us be recipients of more that God has. But when I look at the life of Jesus walking in the kingdom, he, he never had a bad day where he walked into a city and he said, oh, I just don't feel like praying for them today. I'm going through a season. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, the only time Jesus couldn't pray for people was because of unbelief, and they looked at him as the carpenter's son, so it was, it was on the people, not on Jesus, but he was ready to heal. In fact, most of the places you look at in the Bible, when Jesus went and did miracles, signs, and wonders, the Bible says he healed them all, folks, everybody. There wasn't one disease he couldn't deal with. There wasn't one emotion he couldn't deal with. There wasn't one problem financially he couldn't deal with. Jesus lived in one season. He lived in a season where he came to a crowd, and when he came to a crowd of 5,000, there was only enough food for one person. Uh, he didn't base the miracle he did to feed every one of them on a season that they were in or a place that they were in or a problem that they were facing. Because where Jesus lived, he defied logic, science, nature, and human reasoning because it was spiritual. And he lived in a place in his life where everything prospered. I want to give you Revelation chapter 22 and kind of give you a glimpse of, of the kingdom and where we live in the spirit. Here's a glimpse of it. Are you ready? Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me, John being John, the river of the water of life. How many of you have the river of life flowing in your life? All right, that's the kingdom. But listen, in the place he was in, he gave a full, full view, a different perspective. He said the river of life, the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, a tree of life, and it's 12 kinds of fruits that came from that tree, yielding its fruit each month, every single month. See, we're not used to that. We're only used to producing and receiving fruit in a season. And because of the elements that we live in, because of the seasons, we have judged our own lives to only produce certain seasons. You understand the correlation? Seasons in the world, seasons in our life, and then there's God's season. Three different kinds of seasons. And so he said, in the kingdom, 
He said, the trees there, they produce every, all around 12, 12, listen, 12 kinds of fruits every single month. The leaves of the tree were for the healings of the nation. So this is symbolic. Healing, healing for the nations. No longer will there be any accursed in the kingdom when you're lined up with that season. Nothing is cursed. I'm getting far ahead of myself, but listen to me. But the throne of God and the Lamb of God will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. That means it's in their heart. They have revelation. They have understanding. They know who he is. And then it goes, and night there will be no more. No more night. No more night in, the, in that season. Now, he's giving an understanding of when we live with him forever in the kingdom. But this is what you're experiencing right now momentarily. When you live in the will of God, you receive the earnest of your inheritance. And you live in the portions and just not the full capacity of what God has, but just a touch from heaven. And we climb and we, and we walk in that. Well, watch. For the Lord will be their light and they will reign forevermore. This is just a glimpse of the kingdom. But the kingdom dwells inside of you. We're so used to everything being in, the, in, in, in its summer phase, winter phase, spring phase, and fall phase. But in the kingdom, the sun, the S-O-N, is always shining in our life. There's never a dark day. There's never a dark moment in our life in the kingdom of God. Not in this world. There's dark days in this world. But because of what you have inside of you, you can walk in darkness yet see perfectly. At the same time, this, my friend, is supernatural this is the kingdom, and this is who you are. This is exactly what God has for us. Jesus walked in this. So to me, when he walked and saw the fig tree, it's, it wasn't more about the fig tree being out of its season, more than it was the fig tree being out of Jesus' season. Where Jesus came from, there was fruit all the time every month. <laughs> oh, man. Where Jesus came from, it was living water flowing all the time. Everything had a purpose. So let's change this a little bit and get it in the proper perspective. The tree wasn't in Jesus' season, which tells me, and he cursed it which should encourage every single one of us because sometimes there are things that come into your life that are out of season, that were never meant to be there, that don't produce fruit, that waste your time, that make you have anxiety, that cause you to worry, and we tolerate it, and we tolerate it, and we wait for it when Jesus gives us the example and says, hey, those kind of things in your life, you can curse it at the root, you can get it out of the way, stop dealing with it, stop worrying about it. If it's not producing fruit and it's there making you weary, say, be gone in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say, in Jesus' name. There are things in our life sometimes that aren't producing fruit that just take our energy. Worry. You know what fruit represents? Fruit, by the way, in your life was meant to be picked. 
You were meant to bear fruit, but you weren't meant to keep the fruit. The fruit in your life was meant to be reciprocal. You understand that? So when God blesses you or God produces fruit in your life, uh, it was meant to be picked. That's why God, that's why when, he, when, when Jesus looked at that, he saw it wasn't giving him anything back. Then he said, don't have anything to do with you. That's why I honor God in everything I do. That's why he gets the first fruits. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? That's why he gets the first fruit in my life. That's why I honor him because he produces fruit in my life. He has the right to have it. And so whenever we live in this place, there is a place you can live in and a place we should be in and a place that we walk in where we don't have to say to ourselves when things go well, oh, this is just a season because we've already adapted to it. And we think to ourselves, and, and tell me if you're guilty of this because I was. Not anymore, but I was. I was guilty of seeing something good happen in my life, watch the blessings come and thinking, and, and then, but there was something in, the, in, the, in, in my heart that said, enjoy it while you can because the season's going to change. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, we're going through a tough season right now? Are you ever, have you ever said to yourself, it's just a season, let's just stay still, Let's just not do anything, trust God, and that's wonderful, and that's what you should do, but, but I want to change that thinking today according to God's word, encourage you and tell you that you don't have to tolerate it. Thank you for that. You don't have to tolerate it. As a son of God, you're not governed by the seasons in this world. And the seasons that you go through, you're only governed by one season. That's the one in the kingdom of God. And you have the authority and the authority to walk and to curse things that are bringing you down and not producing fruit. You have the authority to walk in a different level and make things get out of your life. Whatever, and here it is, when you're not producing fruit, that's identifying frustration in your life. What do you have in your life that's causing frustration? What do you have in your life that's causing you anxiety? What do you have in your life that's causing fear? What do you have in your life that's been planted and rooted in your heart or in your life that is causing you to feel hungry, not satisfied, and you've you know, in one portion of Scripture, the Bible says in one parable that there was a, 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 heart, there was a, a gardener who came and he saw a tree that was planted and it didn't produce fruit. So he, so he said, I'm going to give it a year. And if a year it doesn't produce fruit, then he said he would even take it, cast it into the fire, trampled, where it would be trampled by men. That wasn't a tree per se, but that was an analogy and an allegory of, of a person. God is patient. God waits for us. But even God doesn't like anything that doesn't produce fruit. And again, Jesus tells us in John 14 and 15 about the vine, the true vine. And he said, if you abide in me as my, if you abide in me and I abide in you, as I abide in the Father and the Father abides in me, then you will produce much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. 
So if things aren't going your way and things are unstable and things aren't working out, is it, are you in a season or are you just not in his season? Because in the kingdom of God, even though you are in a good season, when you are in the kingdom and bad challenges come your way, things happen, they don't stop the blessings in your life. They don't stop from what God is doing. They don't stop you from being blessed. They don't stop the will of God in your life. You just like, there's something inside of you that just kind of plows through it. We all still have challenges. But I have learned to say this. I have learned to say we are, gonna, we are in a season and we are going to stay in this season. That's what some people ought to be saying right now. Are you in a good season right now? How many of you are in a good season right now? Come on, make a declaration. Don't be afraid. Come on, make a declaration. Make a declaration. I'm staying in this season. Somebody agree with me right now. I'm staying in this season right now. The season doesn't have to leave. The season doesn't have to go. Are you not in a good season right now? Then say, you know what? I'm tired of this season. It's not producing fruit. I curse it in the name of Jesus, and I move on to receive something good. That's what you should say right now. Don't tolerate it. Fasting helps us surrender. Surrender. Here's the second point. I got to move on. Number two, God is the greater authority. God is the greater authority. So Jesus walked in that authority. That's what that was. He exercised authority. So when he exercised authority, he was given permission from a higher authority, but the reason he had that authority is because he surrendered his to God, to the Father. Here's the definition of authority. Are you ready? The definition of authority is the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, to enforce obedience. That's what, that's what authority is. It's the power to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. So in order to walk in under God's authority, that tells me, by that definition, it tells me that I need to follow his orders. If I want to give orders, I have to follow his orders. What orders is he given? Because if I give my order, there's nothing backing up my order. But if I give God's order, he's backing up his order. Are you, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of why David looked at Goliath and said, <laughs> you come to me with spear, sword, and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. It's not my order, it's his order. He anointed me. He called me. And this is how powerful it is. It doesn't matter how many resources you have. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to use a spear or a sword or a shield. All he has was a slingshot and a stone. Whatever you've got, if you're walking in the will of God and God told you to do it, he'll bless what you have to make it happen. He'll take care of it. Start off small. Everything great starts off small. David didn't have anything. And, and, and so when you look at the life of David, you understand he walked under authority. Jesus walked under authority. And even it took a Roman centurion to look at Jesus and say, 
I can identify with you, Lord. He said, a servant. He said, don't come into my house. Just speak the word, and I know that, that it's going to happen. He, and he told him, he, he told the Lord, he had his servant say, see, I'm a man under authority also. I say to this one, come, and he comes. I say to that one, go, and he goes. So I know if I can do that, that I'm a man under authority. He recognized that nobody gets the power that they have to do miracles unless there was a higher authority. But if he released the word, are you with me? Are you with me? But if you release the word that's backed up by a higher authority, then it will be done. See, the centurion guard only had authority as long as he, he was aligned with Rome. As long as the centurion was aligned with Caesar and he took orders from Caesar, then he was able to go and exercise every given commandment and liberty that was given to him. He was backed up by a hundred centurion soldiers. That's why he said, when I say something, they do it because there's somebody behind me greater. Well, listen, when you, as a, how many children of God do we have here today? I'm going to ask that again. Not everybody raised their hand. You may be shy, but you know, this is where you exercise and break shyness. This is a good place to do it in church like this. How many of you know that you're a child of God? Then you have the authority of your father. As long as you're being led by the father. So you receive orders from your father. So you, uh, to make decisions, executive decisions, then you have to lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him so he can make the decisions for you. Submitting authority. And then, and then, again, command obedience. So I don't command obedience in other people. You can't do that. If I told all of you today not to eat a single thing till tomorrow, I promise you, you'd look at me like, what? He's crazy, man. Right? But, but, but if God just told me, I want you to fast, son, and I'm obedient to him, most of the time, I promise you, I won't even have to tell anybody. Somebody else is going to feel impressed by the Lord to do the same thing. So the Spirit helps us. The Spirit, the Spirit flows through us. You can't change people, people's hearts. Only God can change people's hearts. But if you want to walk in authority, then surrender and be obedient to His Spirit, and God will begin to put obedience in people. The most frustrating thing you'll ever deal with is the will of other people, is to try to make other people do things, try to change people, dealing with difficult people, and then you wonder, okay, what can I do? You're super nice to them. You give, you, begin, you smile at them. That's my ugly smile. <laughs> they ever give you a smile like this? I like you. <laughs> I hate my smiles. I tried to take a picture. We took a picture the last time we had a photo booth over there. No matter, <laughs> no matter what kind of pose or smile I made, I still looked like an old Orient. My kids said I looked like Buddha. <laughs> Can't help it, man. I had a face made for radio. So anyhow, 
pray for me right now because I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> Authority. Authority in people. People. God I just asked you to be obedient to him. He'll take care of the rest. I don't wrestle over people anymore that I can't get anything from fruit from their life. That's not my, my, my deal. And I'm not going to curse them either. But what I am saying is, is that some of you are wasting time on things that are draining you. Draining you. Some of you are in a season. There is something in your life that's out of season, that's not lined up with God's season. And it's making you weary. There are things that will never grow in God's kingdom. There are things that were never meant to be sown in God's kingdom. There are some things that were never meant to be brought into your life, and they won't produce fruit because it is not part of the nature that you're of, you're of now. And the things that make you weary, and the things that weren't meant to be, poverty was never meant to be sown into your life. Poverty was never meant to be sown into your life. The curse of pro poverty was nailed to the cross when Jesus came as a pauper into this world. Think about this for a moment. The king of kings, the lord of lords, the king of kings. How rich do you think a king is? Jesus was richer. Royalty came into the earth as a pauper. So you and I could live in blessings and favor. Half of you believe that. The rest of you need to start believing that. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions so you can be healed from yours. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was chastised for us so you can have peace of mind and peace of heart. So you can be saved. You understand what I'm saying? There are some things that were never meant to be in your life because Jesus didn't put them there. Those are the things we need to get out of life, get out of our life. And I'm going to tell you something. The season that you're in right now, I declare, I prophesy over you right now. The season that you're in that's producing fruit right now, it's going to stay in your life. And you're never going to have to look back and worry about, is it ever going to work out? Is it ever, is it going to, is it going to come to an end? I rebuke the fear and the lies that are in people's lives in this building that think your good season is going to come to an end. God is going to finish what he started also. He is also going to finish every good thing in your life. You do not have to live in poverty and fear and anxiety and, and worry and sickness and disease. God will do what he said he will do. Somebody agree with me right now. Get it out of your life. Get out of your life. Say, get out of here. Come on, somebody. Say, get out of here. Say, get out in the name of Jesus. Say, I curse you at the root at the name of Jesus. I curse you at the I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Oh, watch out. Watch out. Matthew, you need to get back here, boy. I'm telling you right now, it's happening. It's in this place. God is confirming his word and simply letting somebody see that you are programmed to think that because something good happens, something bad's next, and then something waiting period's next, and then you're going to have to feel a breeze to kind of feel like, okay, it's on the way again, and then here's a good season. No, 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 no. That's faith. That's your faith, and that's what, that's what the world and that's what the devil wants you to believe. But Jesus 
only lives in one season. That's a season of prosperity, a season of favor, a season, a, a season of protection, a, a season of love, a season of blessing. That's the kingdom of God. That's what we're supposed to live in. And your mentality has to be broken. It has to be broken. Because I'm going to tell you something. Even though Jesus said he had challenges, he even said for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Even the cross didn't cause him to have a bad season. He looked at the cross as something that was going to bridge him to his full destiny, but it was never an interruption. It was always something that catapulted into further what he had. That means that, every, that, means that everything in your life that happens bad should work out for your good. Man, is anybody getting this stuff? I promise you it's not me. I promise you this ain't me talking. That means that the scripture is right then. The scripture is right where it said all things work together for good. All things. Your, your sickness. All things. Your, your, your relative in the nursing home. Your, your debt. No job. Rejection. All things. All things work together for good. You're unstoppable because your God is unstoppable. <laughs> somebody receive it right now. I'm just saying, somebody receive it right now. Okay, sit down for a moment. I'm, I'm ending right now. Sit down. Man, how many of you are catching this right now? You catching this? Shift your thinking. Luke chapter 10, authority. And when you walk in this authority, listen to what he gives you. He said, behold, behold, Luke 10, 19 and 21. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nothing. I'm excited about that right there. Something inside of me started jumping up and down a little bit. I got to go with it. When I read that, something just started jumping up and down like John in the womb of Elizabeth. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And in that same hour, he rejoiced. This is the Spirit of God. This is Jesus. In the same hour, he rejoiced in the Spirit. Kind of like what I just did right there. Uh, probably a lot better and more. He was a lot more skinnier than me, I'm sure. So I got a little bit more height on him. But anyhow, he said, I thank you, Father, <laughs> Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. That's the way you intended it, God, to bless people and let them have authority. And to somebody who thinks they know it all, or somebody who thinks they have it all together, can I tell you something? Church people, you can become so religious you think you know it all. Don't ever be that person. 
be like a child. Stay humble. Stay meek. Stay humble before the presence of God because ain't nobody know it all. If you know it all, that means you're dead already and you got to heaven. But if you're here, you're limited by your humanity and you got to stay humble. You got to stay low. You got to walk in his will. But be like a little child. But he said, don't get happy just because you cast out a demon. Don't think because you cast out a devil that, that you got great authority because it's not, that's not the real reward. Let me give you an example. He said, rejoice because your name is there. I love doing something. I, I, I love doing something. This kind of makes me, it makes me laugh sometimes. I just love to see this happen. Every once in a while, you know, when I call for a reservation for my family, it, it's always no, no less than six. We have a couple people that are going with us. It's like 10 or 12. So when I call into a restaurant, I got to make a reservation. I say, yeah, his name's Robert Rivera. Um, uh, I mean, you make a reservation for 10. So, you know, we call in the day before, two days before, then we get there. When we get there, there's like tons of people, right? Crowded. You just show up. You walk past everybody with your little familia. All the Mexicanos for me. You walk right by everybody. Go straight up to the hostess. Yes, Robert Rivera. Party of 10. Oh, Mr. Rivera. Yes, sir, we have your, your table ready. Come this way. Turn back, look at everybody. Walk past everyone that's been there for 45 minutes. And they're all hating on you, thinking, well, who is he? Who's that guy? I've been, then, then you always had that one person. I love this part. This, I don't know why. Call me weird. This is entertaining for me. This is my entertainment. People. And I always look back, and there's always that one person who comes up. We've been here for 45 minutes. This guy just comes and walks in. And says, is how much longer for us? <laughs> that must be you guys. Y'all are quiet on me right now. <laughs> All I did was I had my name on the list. <laughs> Having your name on the list gives you special privileges. That's all I'm saying to you. Don't rejoice because of everything going on. Just be happy your name's on the list. The reason why some of you are able to walk in favor and to get to places that take people longer to get there is because your name's on the list. <laughs> you walk in favor. You walk in authority. You're walking in blessings. Come on, stand to your feet. Your name's on the list. That's what this fasting's doing for us. It's decreasing our own will and our own mind and our own attitudes and causing us to walk in a different place. And all we want is just our names on the list. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. My name is on the list. So that means I have access. I have access to everything that's in those doors. I have access to everything beyond my own limitations. I have access to everything that's in the kingdom. My name is on the list. My name is there. I'm able to get into things. Things are flowing through me. Things are happening. 
angels are working with me am I describing your life right now I should be right now the reason why you have what you have is because you're getting lined up with your government you're like the centurion guard you've lined up with your government and you just begin to speak and believe and understand that all things work together for good I'm telling some of you stop thinking in your mind that your good season's going to end your season's not going to end you've got to position yourself where it doesn't end and everything else in your life that's trying to rob you of your energy and slow you down curse it at the name of Jesus cause it to get out of there cause it to get out of there cause it to get out of there <laughs> hey oh Oh my oh my somebody lift up your hands and just worship him right now our mission here at covenant life center is to help our world live give and love like jesus if our ministry has impacted you in any way we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org you can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.